Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined today in studio by Brittany Williams. Hello, Brittany. Hello, Sarah. How are you? Good. Good to see you. Good to have you here. Good to be here. Yes. Yes, yes. So, unfortunately, we don't get to train together this week or no. next. Yes. I know. I've got a wedding to go to. You're headed out of town, and then I'm headed to Twin Cities for the Twin Cities Marathon Expo and podcast party and stuff. At least there's good reasons why we're not seeing each other. It's not like right. something right. that I mean, you it's a positive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things that we actually enjoy. Yes, 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 yes. So I hear that you um, have had a little bit of an epiphany about uh, your husband, one of your husband's activities. <laughs> yeah. So my husband uh, is like, a, I, I think he lives for the summer, truly. Like he's just, he does love to ski, but there's something in the summer his eyes just light up and he didn't have anything last couple summers because of covid so this summer he's been doing tennis mm-hmm. which he loves tennis and he joined a league and he's probably had 15 matches thus far and he's actually in the championship which is quite Ooh. exciting uh-huh. good job rob um but i dawned on me that i've never actually gone to watch him <laughs> or support him so he told me i'm in the championship match so my knee-jerk reaction was I got to go watch. You got to go support. Oh, that's good. That was it's your the championship. Yes. Yeah, so I finally clicked it. Yeah, exactly. So the, literally I've never had the thought until he said championship. And I was like, when is it? Where can, can I go? Can I support? And then, oh, being the overanalyzer that I am, I was like, oh, but it, will that make you nervous? Like, you've done so well without me. Maybe we just continue what you've been doing. And he was like, no, like, you could come. It won't make me nervous. But I'm convinced it will. Oh, goodness. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm convinced. So now I'm not going because I'm convinced it's going to make him nervous, even though he says it won't. But I feel like a bad wife because I have not supported at all. But maybe I need to ask if some of the other people he's played have had supporters. Because if they haven't, then I won't feel so bad. Okay. Okay, it's like when I ran my second marathon was New York, and uh, my now husband Jack, who was then just my boyfriend, he it never occurred to me to invite him. We were living in San Francisco, and somebody about four weeks before the race, oh, is Jack coming out to support you? I'm like, that never occurred. Oh to me. goodness! And by that point, I'm like, oh, yeah, tickets gonna be way too much. We're not yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this is literally just I could walk to the park that he plays at. It's <laughs> this isn't even a difficult. This is you actively not. <laughs> this going. is just me being. I don't. I just. I think because I treat it like a workout. Like I go to the gym or I go for a run. That's not something that like I need an yeah. audience right. for. Yes. Like he's just going to play tennis. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I kind of forgot that there's like a competitive nature and we're supposed to support people in those competitive ventures. But, you know, I'll update you on whether or not I go. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, so he has to schedule it at some point when we get back. So he kind of is in charge or the people are in oh, charge of okay. their own schedule. Okay. So I think they just have to have it done by like the end of October or something. So they've got time. All right. OK, well, so you're going to go probably be a cheerleader good for you correct good for you yes yes um well we need to i'm going to introduce the topic because then you and i are going to chit chat a little bit about our own approach to it so this is part of our routine series this episode is all about race day routines and practices from a variety of women runners i figured the timing is kind of right be with fall race season kicking off and i'm hoping that we can all learn from each other maybe laugh a little bit at some anecdotes and also learn about what works what might not so Brittany. You raced a bunch in college, yep. how, but how, you know, that was, um, 
12 years ago. A long time ago. Uh, Yeah. So, so, I mean, what's your racing like these days? Racing like these days is a little non-existent only because of kind of this topic. Leading up to race day, I'm a mess. Like, I just put way too much pressure on myself. I'm a nervous mess. I'm, I have anxiety. Like, I'm a bad example of what you should be like leading up to a race (laughs) from a mental health perspective. (laughs) But I will say, uh, when I do race, I, am a nervous mess. My my stomach is a knot. So I always make sure to eat. It's almost always a bagel. And if I wake up early enough with some peanut butter, because obviously protein is very, uh, you know, necessary and good for you. But I need something that like calms me. And a bagel mm. with peanut butter is definitely not my normal breakfast. I couldn't tell you the last time I had a bagel with peanut butter. But because it was what I ate in the mornings of the thousands of races I ran in college, uh-huh. it like is my gut reaction of it is race day. You eat <laughs> a bagel with <laughs> peanut butter, even though it doesn't like any sense. And then I remember in college, I would run in the thinnest cotton white socks not no, what you're supposed to run it. No. now you have to remember that i'm also not running a marathon i'm running 5k's miles very short you don't need as much uh-huh. i think like support and there's not as many errors for things to go or time for things to go right, wrong right but i still have that same mindset <laughs> that it needs to be the thinnest possible white sock so i'll go out and get proper running socks but it will be the thinnest White, it's just those two things in particular. They actually have zero value to like, I mean, I guess like proteins and carbs are important, but that has to be those two things. Like that is, is stayed true. It just feels right. It feels right. Yeah, exactly. Uh huh. A hundred percent. It just feels right. And I don't want to talk to anyone that morning. Like just don't talk to me. I got my headphones on. Yeah. You're in game day. Yeah, exactly. Uh Mm -hmm. Uh Oh my goodness. Yeah, I am. Gosh, I, it's been a while since I have raced. My main thing is, is that if it's a big enough race, I do not brush my teeth ahead of time because it was making me gag so much because I'd be nervous. Oh, wow. And so, like, I, remember, I have never, of all of the weird things, I don't know if I've ever heard of that. <laughs> so that uh, I remember very vividly when Dimity and I were doing Nike Women's Marathon, which was what kicked off this whole Another Mother Runner party. I was in a hotel in San Francisco, Nike had flown us in as journalists. It was very posh. It was much nicer than where I would normally say, but I just remember just gagging and kind of dry heaving <laughs> into the sink, over the sink of this, you know, the Fairmont or right, something. Yeah. And it happened again at the next marathon I did after that. And never again because he stopped. So, so well, then finally I'm like, well, why don't I just not brush my teeth? Oh my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> because I'd be nervous, and but I wouldn't feel like throwing up until I stuck the toothbrush in my mouth. And, and then it just was too much. Yeah. And I wasn't shoving it down my throat. Right. It wasn't, it was just, yeah, it wasn't like you changed teeth. your technique. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. So anyway, I seem to recall, I, I think I've tried to go back to brushing my teeth because yeah. I am a wake up and immediately brush my teeth. Yeah, I mean, person. it's good for you. It, it's, it's a good thing to do, I've heard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So It is hilarious. But, um, other than that, I mean, for me, this is a subject we'll touch upon with some of the women. For me, I find it so hard doing away races to have some sort of routine for what I eat the night before, what I eat the morning of, because it's out of my control. See, I think I prefer that. Oh. Not the out of control part. I'm a control freak. <laughs> but I'm too stuck in my everyday daily routine that some things do need to be different. Like, mm. To me, and again, this might just be because so much of my racing was done in college, in other states, in other places. Mm-hmm. They're like, to me, the hotel, the ordering, going to a restaurant and ordering the most plain piece of chicken and pasta or whatever you're going to eat the night before possible mm-hmm. because like you don't want any weird sauces to give you a stomach ache. Mm-hmm. Like that to me is so synonymous with racing oh. that sometimes when I'm at home, it's like, it's a, it's weird for me. Like I need it to feel different and weird and special. I need it to be sterilized. Does that make sense? Like race day is very sterile to me from like this hotel. Like it's all very cookie cutter, black and white experience. And I feel like home is not that. Well, it is funny because then you're like, oh, okay, this is just my normal surroundings. Yeah. But yet it's a special day. I'm making a special effort. I'm not just going to go out and do to do around my neighborhood. Right. Correct. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I just think that sometimes there's 
pros and cons to both. Yeah, yeah. But I maybe just, if you're racing somewhere new and you feel nervous about r- racing in a different place, maybe that's how you think of it. Is it like you have to be taken out of your routine because this is a special day? Yeah, yeah. I just remember very vividly before Big Sur Marathon being in, again, a hotel and thinking, what am I supposed to have for breakfast tomorrow morning? Like, I, I'm a big oatmeal person. And yeah. like. I guess I could make it in this little microwave. Oh, yeah, and I, I don't, that's I don't me. Know. That would be just, me. Yeah. Just, <laughs> maybe I'm not a problem solver. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I'm the opposite. I have overanalyzed everything. I've Googled every single bakery. I already know the temperature of the hot water, the, the coffee machine in the hotel room to make the oatmeal packets. I've brought multiple kinds of oatmeal packets depending on the flavor that I want that morning. I've brought my my peanut butter. I maybe brought some almond butter just in case I'm in the mood for that. Like literally, I am just. See, I also. I'm an overanalyzer. I think you know this about me. I don't know how to make coffee because I don't drink coffee. Yeah. So I don't know how to work the machines. Okay, in that's the, fair. Yeah. So I don't it's know. It's quite easy. You pour the water in and you click start for most of them, Sarah. So maybe we'll work on that. We can work on that. <laughs> work on the training session. You Correct. can bring us. Show you some YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah. we can work on that. Oh, there we go. YouTube. Well, this was, this was, you know, tw- pre YouTube. 2009. So yeah. that was before YouTube, I think. Probably. YouTube probably existed, but probably wasn't. Not thought of as an option for how to do something right. for sure. How like how to do this. You didn't hotel think coffee machine. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, Brittany and I will welcome the first of our four guests right after this break. Please stay with us. Our first guest talking about race routines is Nicole Albright, a music teacher and mom of one grade school kiddo. She lives in Shippensburg, Pennsylvania. Nicole is a repeat guest originally on last November on our episode highlighting Native American runners. Nicole is one of our brand ambassadors, or as we call them, BAM ambassadors. And Nicole is a multi-time marathon runner. Welcome back, Nicole. Thanks so much for having me. Good, good. So give us a quick refresher on your running background, please. Well, I started running when I turned 25 Mm. and it was at a time where I'd started working and I think I said there was a candy jar in the secretary's office (laughs) and I was hitting it a little too hard. So I decided to, I wanted to start exercising and I started with walking and I would just walk loops around my neighborhood and it eventually turned into running. And then I signed up for a 5K in my town. And after that, I was just kind of hooked. Mm. It, yeah. And it, you know how it goes after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nicole, it's wonderful to meet you. Uh, do you have any upcoming fall races? I have a fall race the first weekend of October. I'm going to be doing, it's called the Green Briar Trail Run. And it is a marathon on a rail trail mm. in Pocahontas County, West Virginia. <laughs> I'm not kidding, but I have I have ran that. Have you really? I've That's awesome. There. Yeah, I've been there. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, my sister and I are trying to do the 50 state thing, and we actually did Hatfield McCoy, mm. and that one could count as Kentucky or West Virginia because mm-hmm. you run through both states. Mm. But we counted as Kentucky since it's a little bit further away from us because we figured we could pick up West Virginia later. Mm. So here it is. We're doing that. I also am doing this group of races that is in Maryland called the King Crab. And the last race of that is in two weeks after that. Mm. It will be 15 miles altogether, but it's called the Baltimore thon And we do a half marathon and then follow it up with a 5K in the same day. <laughs> Can I tell you, <laughs> you typed all this into the Google form and I'm like, she must have been on her phone because these must be typos. I don't understand <laughs> any of not. these words she's typing. But they're not. <laughs> they're, they're not. not. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to ask you a bunch of food and beverage related questions first because you had a lot of input about that. So, so you seem fairly particular about what you eat before a race, starting with the lunch the day before, which I found intriguing. So walk us through what you eat and drink leading up to leaving your house. Okay. It actually starts the week before. I, through a lot of trial and error, I have found that having potatoes and rice, Mm -hmm. and I usually make one of the um, salads out of the Elise Kopecky book, Mm -hmm. and I'll eat that the whole week for lunches. Mm -hmm. And then the day before the race... I will always have Chipotle for lunch. (laughs) I even tried getting on their Twitter feed and asking if they wanted any, you know, brand help. And, you know, 
I could be an ambassador for them, but they never wrote me back. I love it. <laughs> well, I, love it. I guess you can't really say runs on Chipotle because there's that double. Yes. That, that, that's very true. That's very true. I think it was, was it Usain Bolt who there's someone who big, like a big name who ate McDonald's every oh. single day before the Beijing Olympics, Tokyo Olympics. I'm camp sure one of the ones in Asia, because he knew that it was one of the foods that would be the most consistent oh. across from wherever he lived yeah. and going into Asia. <laughs> and so I'm pretty sure it was Usain Bolt. I'm oh sure we literally had like Great. chicken nuggets the day before because he figured it would at least be the most consistent versus having something cooked for the very first time from somewhere else. Right. So maybe your Chipotle. Exactly. Usain Bolt's McDonald's. <laughs> right. It is. Same. Same but it's, different. It's exactly the same because you know exactly what you're getting. And the nice thing about around here, I don't know if it's like this on the West Coast, but no matter where we go to run a race, there is There's a Chipotle a yep. somewhere. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the one thing is I always have brown rice in my bowl, but the day before a race, I switch it to white rice because okay. I, I can. And <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And then um, for dinner, I always have some type of pasta and that one fluctuates depending on what we find. So I love gnocchi. Mm. So I try to have that, but if they don't have that, I'll have spaghetti or something like that. And I'll sometimes have a glass of wine because I do feel like it helps me sleep a little bit better, calms me down. Okay. So that's all the day before. Uh huh. And then how about the, for the breakfast? Breakfast, that one I've taken so many different avenues. I used to do toast and eggs, but I finally found picky oatmeal mm-hmm. is the jam. And I tried making my own oatmeal variations to bring along, but nothing sustained me as much as picky oatmeal. It has a lot of cool stuff in it. And they sell neat little microwavable packets Mm. with that come in a cup that you can just throw in your to-go bag. Well, see, that's what we were talking about before you came on was what to Mm. do in a hotel. And that sounds like that type of oatmeal would be pretty ideal. Well, you have to be careful because I have found the hard way that not all hotel rooms have microwaves. Mm Mm-hmm. But all hotel rooms have coffee machines. They sure do. You're right about that. Mm-hmm. So you just heat up some water, throw it in there, and mm-hmm. you're good to go. Mm-hmm. I've even put oatmeal in the cup, the cup, the like coffee cup mm-hmm. they give you. Oh, I'll get. You get fancy there, if do you, you Brittany? If you ever need like hotel hacks, mm-hmm. you let me you know. You got it. Because I got it. Hotel hacks with hotel Brittany Williams. Hacks with Brittany Williams. Oh, man. I'll hit you up for those because that's go. the one thing you always forget something or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. That's, that's been a go-to for the past several races here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what do you feel like during the race? We've obviously talked about leading up to the race. How does it vary? How, what's your nutrition plan like during the actual race? I hear from Sarah that it's quite specific. <laughs> yeah. Again, it just, you know, trial and error. And I was finding that I was getting really tired at the end of races and struggling. So I actually started upping my nutrition a little bit and eating more, which never sounds like a bad thing. <laughs> but I was doing those little chews. You guys know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And I guess I was having two of them every four miles. That was kind of my system. Oh. Yeah, I know. So I, I had to learn the hard way, Sarah. <laughs> So I actually started to add gels. Mm -hmm. So I would do choose for like mile four and a couple other spots, but then I started to do gels at mile eight. And I feel like the every four miles still really works for me. I just needed more every Mm -hmm. four miles. Mm -hmm. And then it's kind of a mental thing, but at mile 16, I will have a waffle because it's solid food and it's kind of like a treat and I look forward to it mm-hmm. and I get excited because I'm at mile 18 and I can have this waffle. <laughs> Wait, it's mile 18 or mile 16? It's oh, 16, 16. Yes. Yes. Thank yes. you. And yeah, it's that's, a, it's, you're saying it's a Stroop waffle. You're not pulling out a Lego, a Legos. Yes. Eggos, 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 not Legos. <laughs> Legos are what you step on. Eggos are what you eat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I have think heard you that would... people do the Eggo waffles for trail races though. I've, I've heard that. I follow a guy on TikTok who does mashed potatoes. He literally has mm. them in like a Ziploc bag and like eats mashed potatoes. And I've seen him do waffle or maybe it was pancakes. Like he just mm-hmm. literally pulled them out of his like fanny pack and just had a pancake. That yep. sounds excellent. 
Yeah. And then after mile 16, I do have a couple chews maybe every two miles or so. I up it a little bit and kind of go by how I'm feeling mm-hmm. to get through that last section of the race. Okay. I am going to tisk tisk a little bit. Two chews is not enough. You should be taking in more chews. There, there are I, I, there, I, yeah. not many calories in two chews. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I guess I'll start yeah. doing. More. You do have to eat more during a race than you th- in a marathon than you think. You got to, you know, it's a long newsflash. It's a long way to go, and yeah. you got you got to get a lot of calories in there. Anyway, anyway, watch. I'm going to start taking more chews, and I'm going to get some type of PR or something. Or you're going to get terrible runs, and you're <laughs> going to curse my name so loud. Or the opposite. Yeah, 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 yeah. So given that you have this very specific nutrition plan, I suspect you also have a very specific race plan, like in terms of pace and strategy. So, and is, is that the, Mm. am I right on that or no? Well, no, (laughs) (laughs) I am amazing at sticking to a training plan because, and I've used all, almost all of my training plans have been from another mother runner. I, thank you. I love I love the challenge one. And I actually recently got, what's the hardest one called? Oh, obliterate. Obliterate. Oh, mm-hmm. I love that one. Oh, look at but, you. Yeah. Especially as a teacher, it's great when I have a fall race mm-hmm. and a lot of the stuff's over the summer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the day, the race, I, I've tried doing the pace bands and things like that. And I found over the past couple of races that just trying to start really easy and the past couple of races, I've been able to do a negative split, which mm-hmm. I think is everyone's end goal to try to do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice work. So I'm so, just trying to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I hear that you had a, a seriously unpleasant consequence that you attribute to not eating right before the race. Oh, yeah. That was embarrassing. <laughs> Tell us about it. Uh Share. Well, it kind of goes along with the not eating enough, probably. Okay. I'm finding that that might be an issue that I need to fix. (laughs) I I can hear you thinking of it (laughs) as you speak. Uh Yeah. Uh Well, part of the problem was we were staying at a friend's house, which was really nice that they offered us a place so that we didn't have to get a hotel for a race. And they wanted to feed me, which was really, really nice. Mm -hmm. And they made us this really nice dinner, but it wasn't my usual carb you know, alley dinner. Mm -hmm. And the next morning they offered to make us breakfast. And I think I had toast or something really easy. So it just was not enough to eat. And Mm. it was a half marathon. So in my mind, I was thinking I've done marathons, a half marathon on that will probably be okay. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't. And I started, I could feel it at the end of the race. My stomach just, you know, you get that feeling when it's queasy Mm -hmm. and then it gets bad and nothing you eat is Mm -hmm. settling in or going down. And then after the race, I usually know that if I can get a Coke, it will settle my stomach. Oh, all right. Okay. (laughs) You mentioned that on your Google form. I was like, okay, I don't know why she has those, but okay. Uh And then um, another problem was I didn't bring any money with me because I knew my husband was meeting me to take me home. Uh So I'm walking around trying to get something and everything costs money because they're all food trucks and everything. So the only thing that the race had was Gatorade and that just was not the thing. Mm -hmm. So we're driving home and I could feel it. I I said to my husband, you need to find a place to pull over. And we were in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. So it was very busy town. And he finally finds a place. He pulls over. I just, I think I basically leaned out of the car and got sick all over the sidewalk and I looked up and here comes a police officer (laughs) just moseying down the street and I looked at him and he kind of looked at me and then just kept walking so it worked out oh wow (laughs) I can't believe you didn't then think you were like having a meth episode or something wow okay well I guess if you think about it maybe they're used to if it's in a downtown area like that well that's what i'm saying but i would would think that it would be you know they would think something nefarious you know that but also like she's in a car with her husband probably dressed as someone who just finished running like (laughs) maybe he's thinking she either just finished running maybe she's pregnant and had a vomit off to the side who knows you know what i mean like it was a controlled situation it wasn't like she was just walking down the street randomly yeah yeah that's that's good and i mean 
<laughs> I did look like I had just, I was still in my race stuff. Yeah, okay. so. There's a look. Yeah. There's yeah. a Maybe. look. You know when you see someone who just finished her race. Yeah, they saw me and they thought, well, Maybe she shouldn't have run that race that and kept, on, kept going. Speaking of post-race, I hear that you, and I quote, sit in your stink for about 30 minutes and stretch. Mm-hmm. What is this about? Well, this goes along with, if, especially if we stay in a hotel, I will go and usually don't have energy and I will sit on the floor and just sit there. And, you know, usually if my sister's with me, I'll let her take the, sh- the first shower because I just like to kind of lay down and not have to do anything and that's <laughs> it's enjoyable and I can't smell myself because I've been smelling myself for the past what four or five hours so <laughs> it doesn't bother me <laughs> so do you do stretches or no yeah and sometimes I'll bring my little foam roller and foam mm. roll some of the big muscles out that mm-hmm. you know don't hurt too bad and things mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. Okay, so last question. You mentioned your sister. You have a fabulous multi-step routine that you and your sister do. And it seems like she is in a lot of races. So tell us a little bit about that. So after we do both take our showers, we will sit on the couch and we will watch a baking show. (laughs) Usually Great British Bake Off, but there are those lovely shows on the Food Channel where they have the baking competitions. And for some reason, no matter where we go... There is always one on and we will sit there and watch two to eight episodes. I love that. Of baking I love that. Shows. And the funny thing is, you know, you're supposed to eat a really good, you know, you're supposed to eat right after a race, but we'll sit there and we might find the bag of chips or something, but we will sit there for a good three hours. Oh my God. Maybe fall asleep for a little bit and then we'll get up and we'll go out and get dinner somewhere. Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. Well, there's a new season of the Great British Baking Show on Netflix now. I just started watching oh, yeah. the junior one last night. So there's, mm-hmm. you got, you got a lot to watch after those races next month. So <laughs> yeah, I was debating saving the Great British Bake Offs oh, and not watching them now. <laughs> definitely. Cause if you got to watch eight episodes, you got to stockpile them and they're only dropping yep. every Friday. So yeah. 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 Oh, that works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us again, Nicole. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. Our next guest is Stacy Johnson of Bolingbrook, Illinois, a mom of two teenagers. Stacy is semi-retired from construction business development. Stacy is a longtime runner and a veteran of 13 marathons, so lots of race days to uh, work up a routine. It's great to talk with you, Stacy. Well, it's great to be here. This is the highlight of my day, my week. <laughs> oh, we sweet. love hearing that. Thanks for coming, Stacy. So tell us a little bit about your running background. So I was all into sports growing up, but I did run on the track team in middle school. I was horribly slow. And then after I got out of high school, definitely I was always game for a race. You know, I've done 5Ks, 10Ks on and off, did a lot of them in my 20s, different friends. And um, and then I was, as I was hitting 30, ran my first half, then rolled right into a marathon. So that was you'll know exactly how old I am. I ran my first marathon 21 years ago. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So, so word on the street is you set your marathon PR in 2011 when you, in your words, quote, mastered the pre-race routine. So we'll get into the routine details a bit, but what was it about getting the pieces in place that allowed you to run your fastest marathon? I think there were just different aspects that I didn't understand. And and I Mm. think we've said before, I hear from you guys, all runners, you know, I started running because I wanted to lose some weight. Well, you're not going to lose five pounds when you go out for a run. So why are you going to starve yourself to go running? Mm. And to realize, you know, proper fueling is part of performance. Mm-hmm. So that that was a big piece for me to figure out how to fuel myself mm-hmm. and to do it appropriately. And then along with fueling, uh, not just the the calories, but also the liquids. And then mm-hmm. My final piece that took me a while to get was I am a very heavy sweater and Mm -hmm. to dial in my electrolytes was like the third aspect of my fueling plan. That sounds like a great plan. Let's talk about the night before the race. I hear you have an interesting self-care beauty routine that you always do the night before. Oh, yes. I, I had to think to recall what exactly I put on my form. I always shave my legs the night before a race. Like I always, <laughs> I love. This. I feel fast. I I don't know if it really makes any difference. I joke that you know, like I cut down on the drag that might be there, but 
It just makes me feel really good. I don't, I'll show up with dirty hair, but my legs are going to be shaved for a race. I love that. Hey, the placebo drug is the best drug we've got in this world. So go keep going. Keep and it's going. often the last thing I do before I go to bed is shave my legs right before I get in bed. That is amazing. Yes. Yes. So that's very important. I also hear that you don't share a bed with anyone the night before a race as well. Oh, yes. That's husband included. Like nobody uh, sleeps in my bed with me the night before a race. I might institute that rule just to get a night by myself. Yeah, right. <laughs> I have a race tomorrow. It's a Thursday. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's a special race. <laughs> and and I would say in my early years of racing, I didn't have that one in place. And, and I did a couple big races with friends. And in particular, I remember one time I went to Las Vegas and ran a half marathon with three other friends. And there's four of us in a room in Vegas sharing beds, you know, and then they teased me about how many times I wanted to use the bathroom the morning of the race as well. So all that like big room sharing doesn't work for me if I'm going Mm -hmm. out of town for races. Those days are done. I'll share with one person, (laughs) maybe two if they're willing to share the other bed, but everyone knows I sleep in my own bed. I love that. I like also that I can hear you negotiating. Okay. Yes, Cheryl and Monica, I will share a hotel room with you, but you two sign this piece of paper that says you'll sleep in the same bed because I get my own bed. Oh, they all know. All my running friends know and they tease me about it. Exactly what you said. And I'll, I'll pay more. I'll pay more for my part of the room. Oh, look, that's, my own that's, that's a good friend. That's fair, Stacey. That's a good friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So from what you've told me before, you have a very precise timing for your pre-race hydration. So I do. I do. Yeah, share and tell us why. Okay. So, well, a lot of my obsession about racing and feeling good about it is my ability to, you know, use the big bathroom before a race and (laughs) multiple times. So that ties into all of this. So I typically like to get up about three to three and a half hours before a race starts. So you know, if it's a 7 a.m. start, that's when I'm going to go towards the three. But if it's 7.30 or 8, it'll be three and a half. Drink my coffee right away. Got to get things moving. Mm-hmm. And then I roll right into, uh, usually, I, depending on the length of the race, I do like 16 to 32 ounces of an electrolyte drink, where I'm also choking down a full whole wheat bagel with peanut butter. Oh, that was my pre-race meal as well. So we are good minds think alike. Yes. And I, and I like those. Um, I believe it's Thomas bagels. You can find them at almost any grocery store. That's so that's been the one I've dialed in on over the years. Okay. So I get it out of town. You can always take peanut butter with you. Easy to find. And like I said, I feel like it's a choking thing because I'm never like up eating at that time of day ever. So mm-hmm. that that's a struggle, but I've realized it, it pays off. And then all of my liquids, they need to be ended 90 minutes before the race is going to start. Huh. So then that gives me 90 minutes to do any more bathroom trips mm-hmm. and, but still start the race fully hydrated. Okay. All I right. could not drink for 24 hours before a race and I would still have, I mean, I don't advise that, but for sarcastic reasons, and still have to pee 70 times right before a race. Oh, yeah, exactly. I could have not drank anything in three weeks, <laughs> right. and I will still pee 70 times before that, right. that, exactly. that start goes off. You and me both. And I think it's, you know, it's an evolving thing. You realize it took me, I would say, four marathons, I want to say. I'm trying to remember if it was my fourth or fifth where I really got it dialed in. And there's, you know, something you learn from each one. And then the other thing I do is that last half an hour before the race starts, I eat a banana. That's my last fueling before the gun goes off. Mm-hmm. And then I have to get to that porta potty within 15 minutes of when the race is going to start, or I know I'm going to have to go on the course. Mm. So that's my, the 90 minutes, the 15, like I've, I worked it all out through trial and error over time. Hmm. All right. Okay. And, and speaking of going to the bathroom in a big potty, as you say, that I, I hear that you, um, borrow a move that my husband often implements, which is using the hotel lobby bathroom. Oh yeah. Especially if you're traveling with people, you just hit that lobby. You just say, I'll, I'll be back up. What time are we leaving? I'm going to be hanging out downstairs for a while. <laughs> it works out well, works out well for everyone. And and like I said, I, you guys are the queens of the TMI podcast. Like 
My friends have been known to travel with me. They will bring matches to keep in the hotel oh, bathroom. OMG, that is hilarious. I, I like it. that they bring them, not be like, hey, Stacey, bring some matches. Oh, like- no, it's pre, you know, preemptive. Like, we know we're going to need these. Um, I love can you it. just give us, and, and I'm known to spend a lot of time in the bathroom on a race morning. So I actually had a friend once who we traveled together. It was a group of us and she scratched out a bathroom schedule and it was like, you know, Jen, bathroom, Stacy, bathroom, oh Harry, God. bathroom, Stacy, bathroom. Like I was between every other person's bathroom times. I, I was like the every other time. Person. The look on Brittany's face. I'm just going to say traveling with your group of friends and trying to figure out the hotel situation seems a little stressful. Yeah. What bed am I going to be in? When is my designated poop time? How much do I owe? <laughs> no, no, we've, we've got it all worked out now. Oh, they all, like we, we laugh about it now. Yeah, and I routine. Yes. And I think, you know, the older I get, the faster I was. Right. So like my (laughs) PR days are behind me. And so I'm not quite as uh, precise and stressed out about all of that as I once was when I was really just in it every single race. (laughs) That makes sense. It sounds like you've done a fair number of away races. Do you have any tricks or routines that you've cultivated over the years other than pooping in hotel lobbies and <laughs> not and not sharing beds with other people? Well, I think I'm pretty flexible on what I eat the night before a race. And I say okay. flexible in the sense that I like pasta. And mm-hmm. sometimes things don't work out the way you want them to and you just have to be prepared for that. Like, especially when you're out of town, you're not going to always get to eat exactly what you want to eat and you have to be okay with it. And I was saying in my super, you know, crazed going for best time days, I um, did a half Ironman and I packed a pasta and sauce and I cooked it in my hotel room because I was too worried that I wasn't going to find exactly what I wanted. Wow. So, you know, again, I've, I've let that go. You know, the time I had to have Panera the night before a race, cause it was the only place nearby that was serving food when I wanted to eat. <laughs> and cause it's super salty. So there's some of your electrolytes. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> it's seriously salty. So, okay. So you have this back to the potty talk. Your peeing thing is you say that, you know, if you drink closer than 90 minutes to a race, you're going to have to stop. But you say that during your 13 marathons, you've only had to take a potty break once mid-race. And after I wrote that, I think I my very first marathon I actually did as well. And I was forgetting that. Okay, so twice. But I mean, that's, that's still impressive. Yeah, seriously. Well, seriously. so the first couple where I didn't go, I was completely underhydrated. I will say that. Mm -hmm. So it took getting that dialed in. But Mm then the only other time I've gone, it was when I was running as a pacer and I Uh was supposed to be standing at the starting line, greeting people who wanted to run in my pace group. And I did not back up my fluid intake timeline. And so (laughs) I knew right away I'm carrying that stick and our pace director was very, you know, specific and he wanted people to meet their goals and you had to run what he said. And I sat there panicking, like, what am I going to (laughs) do? And I finally, I saw a porta potty and I peeled off and I was so fast. I was in and out of that thing in under 30 seconds and sprinting up with my plan again in uh, in Boston. (laughs) You never know how fast you can go until you put it to the test, right? (laughs) Oh, so, my goodness. yeah. So it's worked out well for me. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you for oversharing with us, Stacey. This has been fun. Absolutely. Okay. Take care. Our next guest is Amanda McElroy, a mom of a preschool age son. Amanda lives in Rome, New York, and works in a running specialty store, which I love. Like Nicole, Amanda is one of our BAM ambassadors. So thanks for chatting with us, Amanda. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Good. Amanda, I have to ask what running store you work at because I used to be a run specialty sales rep in the state of New York. Oh, so really? I'm very curious. Yeah. <laughs> it is a, it's called the sneaker store. It's um, a privately owned in New Hartford. Mm, I don't know if I've ever been to that one, but okay. I've been to so many. If you ever go into a running store between Virginia and Maine, I've probably been there. <laughs> I've probably awesome. been there. Oh um, tell us a little bit about your running background. I ran in high school, cross country and track, mostly socially. I was not very good at it, but that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. I stopped in college and for about a year after that, and I wasn't happy when I looked in the mirror 
So I decided to get back into it and then just started at a mile and worked my way up to like 5Ks and things like that just for fun, go out a couple of times a week. I decided to really take it seriously in 2018. And then two months later, found out I was pregnant, paused that. <laughs> And then came back in 2019 with 15K, then, okay, what's next? Half marathon. And I started running with the run club that actually is now the run club that my store puts on. So nice. friends, they had asked me if I wanted to work there and I said, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, and I decided in the fall of 2020 that I wanted to run a marathon based off of a podcast episode that I was listening to on a long run. You convinced mm -hmm. me I could run a marathon. Nice. Um, so last year, that's what I did. Yeah, yeah. So, so congratulations. Yeah. Um, setting your sights out on it, doing it. Which race was it, and how did it go? It was the Wine Glass Marathon in Corning, oh. New York. Um, Very it nice. went well. I missed my time goal due to some, just some stomach issues that you know we all mm -hmm. deal with on occasion. Mm -hmm. But it, I think I did well for 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 what I wanted. I did. Four hours and 33 minutes, which is not bad by any means, I don't think. No, it's That's very amazing. good. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah. What do you feel like you learned in practical terms about running a marathon, given you'd only done half marathons beforehand? I've never ran a marathon, but I've ran plenty of half marathons and things of the sort. But is there anything that you felt like you learned that was different? Um, that, well, no matter how much you prepare... And how much you plan and lay things out the night before, as I'm sure we're going to talk about, that race day is really out of your control. And it is just run the mile that you're in and have fun and don't get sucked into anything bad that's happening. Just move through it and do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that, Amanda. Great <laughs> advice. Great <laughs> advice. Okay, so let's actually start with your pre-race dinner. Okay. Are there any special things you need to eat? Usually it's chicken either on the grill or breaded or something like that. And then rice or sweet potato, maybe some pasta, just simple, clean, maybe some raw vegetables, cucumbers or peppers or something. Um, just very simple and not complicated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So have there been any learn the hard way meals like a bean heavy burrito that had you hit the porta potty too many times before the start? No, I don't think so. Not the night before. Um, I, I had one race where the breakfast I had beforehand taught me a lot. And mm. I, I did not, I had, um, oatmeal with, with some fruit in it the morning of a race. And I will never do that again. That was a bad idea for me. <laughs> for the, the, you think the fruit was a bad idea, the oatmeal or both? I don't know. I just don't. Oh. I avoid the whole situation. <laughs> She's not willing to find out, Sarah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> How much time do you leave yourself to get ready when you have to leave the house the morning of? The morning of a race? Um, let's see. I'm probably up an hour, hour and a half before I need to leave. Because mm. I don't go to bed as early as I need to. So, uh, And because of all the prep that I do, I don't need that much time in the morning. I kind of just get up and almost go. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. 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 So, but there, there are two things you put on in the bathroom, eyeliner and body glide. So yes. I, the body glide, you know, I'm not too surprised, but the, um, I was impressed that you wrote on your Google form that you put on eyeliner and that you included that in your, what you do. Just eyeliner. No, no, not mascara. From, no, right. not mascara. Just a little bit. Of, I, I wear glasses and a hat, so you can't really see what's going on in my face a lot, but those race photographers are out there. So you just want a little bit of eyeliner. I had a teammate who did a full face of makeup before every single race, and we would be very late. Nicole, if you're listening to this, you know, I'm not even bad about talking bad about her behind her back, but we would be late because she would be in the hotel room putting on an entire face, like glam makeup. Mm -mm. braiding her hair, <laughs> doing the whole thing. So the just eyeliner, I get because... And you went to school in Texas where I would think that you're sweating hot. a whole lot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she would straighten her hair. Oh my gosh, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> what is your morning nutrition and hydration like? All right. So as soon as I get up in the morning, I go and have a peanut butter sandwich, which I've made the night before. Mm. And that, I mean, I've tried that after the oatmeal incident. <laughs> and that's worked really, really well. Um, I do the same thing for long runs too. 
And then I replace my normal cup of coffee with a noon energy because the caffeine is about similar. Mm -hmm. So I can Mm -hmm. still get the caffeine and get the electrolytes and the hydration all, all in one. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued by that, that you, you specifically did on the Google form, write down noon energy. So mm-hmm. I don't drink caffeine. So, but do you find that it has the same effects as coffee does morning of? Just about. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tried noon sport and that doesn't have quite enough caffeine for what I need. Mm-hmm. So when they came out with the noon energy, I was very excited to try that. Good. Okay, I have to ask the TMI question though. But like, does it make you poop like coffee oh, look, you, does? Look, you're going right for it. You're saying <laughs> I just want to know. Can Sarah, go right Sarah, for it. Sarah was trying to be PC about it, and I'm coming straight out and asking <laughs> what the people want to know. That's perfectly fine. If I had coffee, I wouldn't be able to get out of the bathroom or the porta potty. Right, because it's like but uncontrollable. The, mm-hmm. the um the just the caffeine in the noon is fine. That's interesting. I'm going to try that because I don't, I used to be a coffee addict and I stopped drinking coffee. And that is one of the benefits that I miss sometimes mm. in the morning. <laughs> so maybe I'll try noon energy. Mm. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I can't give up the caffeine because I get it. I get the headache from drinking it for so long, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. no coffee. Coffee's yeah. out. <laughs> How does your nutrition and hydration, what does it look like during the race? Um, it depends on the length of the race, but for, if we're going to go, I guess 15 K and up, um, I have a noon endurance in my bottle, which is the electrolytes plus the carbs and things like that. And I do, let's see, two or three cliff blocks at the start line and then two or three every four miles, like on the mile marker, make myself do it right then. Mm, look at that. That's like Nicole. That's she does two as well. So mm. it must just be the, the thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I find sometimes in before I really committed to it hard, I would tell myself that I was, oh, I'll take it at mile two, four, six, whatever. And then the race would be going by and I'd be like, oh, shoot, it's mile seven and a half. And I haven't done anything. So you use those mile markers as your like, you know, reminder. I have learned to. Yes. During the marathon, I did not. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm feeling really good. I didn't take almost anything until mile 10. Oh boy. Which, I mean, the first 10 flew by for me. So I just completely missed. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm good. I'm fine. And not, not fine. <laughs> and then if it's a, if it's a long, I forgot this. If it's a longer race, like the marathon, I actually do peanut butter pretzels, like peanut butter filled pretzels. Oh, uh-huh. Maybe in place of some of those chews at a four mile marker. Just because I find I need actual food. I can't just run off of that mm-hmm. sugar stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. So, and I hear that you had kind of an epic fail. You ran a 15K. I did. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. I've done this 15 many times. It's our local hometown. My my store is at the expo. We love this race. It was a week after the marathon last year because it was moved from July to October because mm-hmm. of COVID. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I was just in still a brain fog from the marathon or, oh, this is only nine miles as opposed to 26. I don't need to prepare. So I didn't do any of my lay things out, prep things the night before. Mm-hmm. I just kind of wung it. And my my good friend and my mom, who we all drove together, had a good laugh at me while we're in the parking lot trying to get to the bus to get to the start line. And I, I have nothing ready. I have nothing prepared. My number is on the dashboard. My There's barely water in my bottle. It was just, oh, it was shoot. not. Oh, shoot. <laughs> yes. I, I did not think that I needed to prepare and that was incorrect. Oh, you got kind of cavalier about it. Oh, 15K. No, no biggie. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. And, uh, and did it pan out that, I mean, how was then the race itself? The race was good. Um, I had a pretty big PR because the previous year had been the first time I ever ran that distance. Mm. So I was pretty happy about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it went once we got to the start line, it, w- it was fine. But mm-hmm. getting to the start line was stressful. <laughs> yeah, it sounds that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm impressed you ran a 15K PR a week after a, a marathon. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I was pretty sore the next day. The next day, oh. I was like, okay, I'm taking a full week to not move. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I think so. I think so. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Amanda. Well, thank you for having me. Okay. Take care. Thanks. Bye. 
Our final guest is Hillary Rosenberg. She is in Tampa, Florida, where she's a religious school director and an online adjunct English instructor. And the, and she's the mother of a dog. Yeah, um, sorry. He's barking <laughs> at the rain. <laughs> my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You're also the mom of a teenage daughter and son, as you know. And up until the pandemic, Hillary was an avid runner of the Disney princess races there in Florida. So thanks for chatting with us, Hillary. Thanks so much for having me. Tell us a little bit about your running background. Well, I am what I like to call an adult onset runner. I was not an athletic kid at all growing up. Theater was my sport. Mm. I was an academic. I actually went to grad school for theater. So I was not really very athletic at all. And at various times in my life, I kind of flirted with the idea of working out or getting in shape or, you know, and it would always start and then fail. And then about exactly 10 years ago, actually, I just felt like something needed to change. I just, you know, we have some chronic diseases in my family on both sides and kind of saw the writing on the wall. And I said, you know, if I want to be active and around and healthy for my kids, I have to make a change. And I had a friend who is a perfect princess. She's done every princess half that there is. And she said, hey, why don't you run with me? They're going to do an inaugural 10K this year. That was 10 years ago. So I picked up this little book called Train Like a Mother. (laughs) And I used the plan to run the 10K. I met you and Dimity at the expo. I cried. It was very emotional. (laughs) Um, And I've been running ever since. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That's amazing. What appeals to you about Disney races specifically? Well, first of all, I only live an hour and 20 minutes away, which makes them a bit more economical than they might be for other people. And Mm -hmm. I kind of had a built in running friend who was like, come run with me. But the other thing I really like about running Disney is that I'm not a very, I I don't want to say I'm a slow runner because I don't like to say that, but I am certainly a middle to back of the pack runner. And one of the things I love about the Disney races is that the support is amazing no matter where you finish. So you can be a slowish half marathon runner and turn around and there's still tens of thousands of people behind you. So you don't feel so slow. And there's always Mm -hmm. snacks at the end. They don't run out of anything. There's always crowd support the entire way. So you don't feel like you're running in the back of the pack, even though you are. And I love that. Plus it's like, who doesn't love like a castle to run through a castle? (laughs) I do have to ask, you use the term perfect princess. Mm -hmm. Please is that actually the term oh, it that is. is used? It is. Oh, she's run every wow. she's run every princess half that there has ever been. So, she, oh, yeah. I, wow. Okay, that's that's like 1950s. Yeah. Like, well, oh, yes. Uh, it is yeah. Disney. So you know. Yeah, I know. But I we, do like the alliteration. I'm oh, be I love. I live for an alliteration. Same here. Right on. So do I. But like, the idea of perfection is not to my. Yeah. Brittany shrugs. I'm, I'm kind of Brittany okay shrugs. I'm kind of. I mean, I I know exactly where she's coming from, but perfect <laughs> is the perfect word That's for it. it. Yeah, consistent princess doesn't have the no the, no the ring to it. Okay, um, and I suspect I've also just yeah, opened myself no, up to I some mean, tweets and some emails. <laughs> but hey, haters gonna hate, you know. It's okay. <laughs> um, all right, so. I'm not perfect, but I have run. <laughs> I have run Disney Princess, and I totally remember oh. how dang early that race starts. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Because I got to do it before the park opens. So, talk about the impact an extra early start time has on your pre-race. It's, it's the worst part of running Disney. I mean, we <laughs> usually stay on property the night yeah. before, and that means mm-hmm. and and you're supposed to be in your starting corral by five thirty. I like to be there by five in the morning, which means we are usually taking a bus from our resort to the starting crowd, the Epcot parking lot at around four. So we usually wake up between three fifteen and three thirty to get out the door at four. And it's really, really rough. I just always assume I'm going to have a really bad night of sleep the night immediately before the race. Mm-hmm. And so I try and really prioritize my sleep two or three days leading up to that, you know, night right before, because I just know it's not going to be mm-hmm. a very sustaining good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. That's what my coach's also advice was that so many people stress about the night of, but there's so much pressure on you, the nerves, the anxiety, you're probably somewhere new if you're in a way race. And he always said, 
worry about the night before. Now, he might have told me that because we were in college and he probably just didn't want us to go out partying and what have you two nights before. But it is advice that I've taken into my adult life as well. Even not racing, just two nights before. Mm -hmm. That's when if you can get a good because you don't know what's going to happen the night of and you don't want to feel like everything's banking on that one night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, like, we will go to bed at like 8 a.m., I mean, 8 p.m. Sorry, Uh (laughs) 8 a.m. would be amazing. And we would go to bed at like 8 p.m. the night before. And I that's really early for me. Oh, yeah. So I would just lie in bed staring at the ceiling doing that whole you have to go to bed. If you go to bed now, you can get this many hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. Okay, now if you go to bed. So I tried I, I decided I can't put that much pressure on that night before. It just isn't healthy. And it's really all it does is create more stress, which Mm -hmm. then makes it harder to fall asleep. So exactly. Yeah. 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 I hear you have a special tradition with your pals for dinner the night before a Disney race. Let's hear about it. We do. We always go to Boma, which is the buffet restaurant at the um, Animal Kingdom Lodge, which I know sounds really odd to do before a race, but it's actually perfect because they have lots of protein choices. And I'm a pescatarian, so they always have salmon. They have really interesting and like really yummy, like carb choices, like our carb of choice is the peanut rice, which is basically rice with peanut and coconut in it. And it's Mm. amazing. And it's, it's a tradition now. And one year we went there and they didn't have peanut rice on the menu that night. And we mentioned to the waiter that we always have peanut rice before a race. And he went back and the chef made us a bowl just for our table because he didn't want to, you know, ruin our race night tradition, which was amazing. I love so, that customer service. I love that. And, well, yes. And so you, look, you pay for it because yeah. it's Disney, yeah. but it was really amazing. And it's kind of tradition. Like it, it wouldn't be a Disney princess race without going to Bowman the night before. So <laughs> I love that. What does eating look like the morning of the race? Uh, and then why do you eat what you do? Well, I actually have a really hard time running on food like anything in my stomach, it, it's really difficult for me. So I usually will just wake up and have like some kind of a bar, usually one that's, you know, got the right macro shape, but it's pretty natural. Um, and I'll have that right when I, I'm waking up in the hotel and drink water. And then about 30 or 45 minutes before I know my corral is about to go off, I will drink a can. Mm-hmm like, um, you know, their pre-run beverage. And so that's usually all because anything more than that. And I really just feel just my stomach feels heavy and it makes me, I just feel horrible. So I do, you know, I just do a bar because it's just enough calorically to get me to where I need to be, but it doesn't feel like a lot of food sloshing around in my stomach. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Okay. So let's talk hydration, which is extra important there in hot and humid Florida. So again, this is a case of something you pay attention to more than just the day before or day of from what you've told me. Yeah, I really have to because I used to be terrible about it Mm. because I just had this really intense, like, I don't know, fear is the right word, but squeamishness about porta potties. (laughs) And so I was like, you know, I don't want to feel like I have to pee all the time. Like it would just be too much. So I would actually be really just not very aware of my hydration in the couple days leading up. And then one year it was ridiculously hot at the princess, like more hot than usual. Like they had at mile nine, they had a bucket of sponges soaked in ice water that they were Mm. handing out to runners so that you could sponge ice sponge. I mean, it was terrible. And I don't remember ever being that hot in a race ever after that and how horrible I felt after it. I thought, you know what? I have to do better. Like I have to be more hydrated in the week leading up to the race. So it's not so high pressure that morning. So yeah, for three or four days before I race now, I start really paying attention to being hydrated at my noon intake to make sure I'm getting electrolytes and not just water. And I've really made it a priority in the past couple, well, the past couple of years before COVID. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, and you said that you, you definitely noticed a difference by, by paying attention to your hydration. Yeah. Share that with us. A hundred percent. I just don't feel so terrible. <laughs> you know, I, and, and I couldn't, if you would ask me why I felt so terrible, I didn't feel thirsty. And mm. I mean, you can't sweat any more than you're already sweating mm-hmm. because it's Florida. Like it's just hot and humid, but I just felt less sluggish mm-hmm. and I felt my recovery felt easier too. Like I wasn't so, I wasn't quite so sore in the next, you know, the few days after the half marathon. So mm-hmm. it was, you know, it's a small thing, but I think it really made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. I love that. All right. Well, Hillary, thank you for talking with us today and sharing your experiences there in hot, humid Florida where it's raining now. 
So <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. All right. Take care. All right. Did you learn anything, Brittany, other than that? I learned that oatmeal is a polarizing topic. <laughs> well, it's funny as a trainer. Like, I mean, obviously I am a runner and I understand being a runner, how much all of these things matter so much, but it also, I can take myself out and be the fly on the wall and just say, all of this is mental health. That's all, you know, of course there is a, a need for hydration. There's a need for food, right? There's a certain physical need, mm-hmm. but my thing being that it has to be the bagel and the peanut butter or someone else that has to be this brand of toast or this mm-hmm. brand of, it's all just in order for us to feel like we are in control before mm-hmm. we go into an event that feels like is completely out of our control. And mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with it. Do it as much as you need to, but it is funny for me just to hear it. And know that it's okay if you don't have that brand or don't go to this place. Like, And so maybe that's the message to people is that if you can't get to Chipotle to lunch because you went into the one place that doesn't have it or it's closed, like it's going to be okay. And the, the work is in the bag. You've yes, already put in go. the work. There it's not the Chipotle lunch that makes you <laughs> run a PR or the Thomas Bagels or whatever it is. It's you. Uh-huh. <laughs> that doesn't mean you need to give up all of your rituals, but the rituals don't make you the runner. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. make you the runner. There you go. I like it. Gosh, and you're a good listener. You remembered what brand of bagels she likes. Yeah. Yeah. Chipotle, Thomas Bagels. <laughs> Get Kiki, them all in Kiki there. Kiki Oatmeal. I got my list for my yeah. next race. And noon, noon, noon. And, and Yeah, noon energy. <laughs> all right. Well, as I mentioned at the start of this, Dimity and I are going to be at the Twin Cities Marathon weekend. We got a lot planned. So it's Friday, September 30th and Saturday, October 1st. Uh, both those days, we have a booth at the Expo and we have several pieces of limited edition Run Minnesota merch. So definitely swing by and then join us at the expo for a live podcast recording on Saturday, October 1st. It's at the River Center. It's upstairs. It's two escalators up from where the expo is. It's from 2 to 3 p.m. And please RSVP. If you go to anothermotherrunner.com and click on events, you're going to see the Twin Cities Marathon weekend for the drop down menu. And then also just in, uh, we are also going to be on the race course just after mile 24. Dimity will be there leading a cheer squad and you have not been cheered on in a race fully until you've had Dimity cheering for you. That woman can cheer and she also has treats for spectators and just loads of encouragement and fun for participants. Our podcast today was produced in St. Paul, Minnesota by Barry Medore from Fire on the Bluff. Many happy miles. <laughs>